The following program is paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4. Every weekday, News Radio 1240 KQEN brings you local information at 4 o'clock. Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Littlejohn and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, it is that time again. It is your favorite, best Tuesday afternoon you've had all week. And it is time for the True Wealth Radio Show. We've got a studio full of not only people, but also tons of information to share because it is March and the crazies are out. See, I'm just relieved. I thought you were going to say not only people, but attorneys. And then you didn't say that. (laughs) I appreciate it. In studio with me, uh, as usual, Katie. (laughs) Hi, David. But also Mr. Derek Simmons. It was a frequent guest, if you haven't figured it out by now. I know the guy outside of work. It's weird. And well, you said attorneys, plural. But as far as I know, David doesn't have a license, and I am not studying for that one anytime. I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. What are you talking about? (laughs) It It was a sentence structure problem. I couldn't say people or attorney. Yeah, I couldn't that's kind of weird, that. huh? Or Chinese, so. yeah, plural. Yeah. yeah. Very Where good. Well, people at? All we'll, two of you. <laughs> we'll work with that. You know, the, the good news is that uh, now when we say something wrong, at least we've got uh, our liability counsel? expert to help fix it. So, uh, <laughs> may or may not. May or may not. <laughs> so, there are important things to discuss today. First and foremost, a little bit of relief from what's been. A pretty historic 14 trading days now. Does it have to be? I, it's it's bananas. Okay, so it finished up 4% today, right? Uh, four and a half at least by what I'm the, seeing. the quick. Except for the Russell, it was up 2.85. We might have to get new flooring in our office. I'm pretty sure you and Justin are wearing out the tread on some of the flooring. I'm just going to probably get new shoes first. <laughs> a lot of pacing, a lot of uh, fortunately have headsets, so there was plenty of phone calls. But I have to say, because our clients are super smart, right? right? we've not had the phone ringing off the hook with people panicking. What people have said is, hey, we sh- should, we, should, we, sale. Yeah, should <laughs> we be getting more? And I, I, I will tell you my disclaimer right now. Here's the disclaimer. Not financial advice, but many of you know I spend a lot of time in technical and quantitative analysis, Okay, so studies of just price movement. And I am not convinced that we have seen the lowest price yet. Okay, That doesn't mean that we haven't. <laughs> maybe maybe yesterday was it. Maybe that was the low print. Or maybe last Friday was it. That was the low print. I suspect that it is not only because, you know, drum roll please, it's government behavior. Now that governments are starting to freak out about this too, they're discussing stimulus packages, but stimulus packages take a little while. Right now it's just sort of a promise that we're going to do something, but in the meantime, we need to put in place quarantines and things that will create forced behavioral change for people. And that forced behavioral change has an economic ripple that I cannot yet quantify. Have we ever had that? I mean, I know at some point we probably have, but like quarantines, I don't remember any quarantine 
existing yeah and or and let's be clear right so far like Italy. there's there's yeah Italy is the the big one on the radars Italy is a country has more or less said you have to stay Where at are. home base yeah right restaurants you can only operate between these hours people you must stay a meter apart you can't touch people you you know it's like and their economy is going to suck yes it technical will. legal term it's not going to be pretty yeah now as part of our global economy how big of an impact is italy's behavior going to have on the rest of the world mm. yeah negligible mm. however although it sucks for my friends that are going there right now here's here's <laughs> the reality we are seeing real economic impact. Yeah. We are seeing trade shows canceled. I was speaking with somebody uh, that will remain nameless, but I was informed that the VA here in Roseburg has canceled all travel for the remainder of the quarter. So there are there's weird things like I've been getting emails, um, you know, about like fun workshops. There's workshops that I take my kids to on the weekends and things like that. A lot of those have been canceled recently due to. The coronavirus, and I've been getting lots of emails from airlines talking about their policy. Like, oh, we're stepping up on cleaning. It'll be okay. You can still fly. Right. right? I actually got an email today from um, the company. I don't know if we should name them or not, but the company that I have my car loan through about their policy on coronavirus. And I'm like, I pay my bill online. Why are you? T- <laughs> Why are you bothering me? I just thought it was funny. They're saying, well, be sure to wear gloves as you type. That's all we're saying. <laughs> right. But uh, I mean, wouldn't you? I, know, I can tell you what our coronavirus <laughs> policy is at the office. If you're immune compromised, please don't touch the surfaces. <laughs> I don't think there's a whole lot we can do other than we're going to live our lives. I'm, for all I know, I already have it. My kids bring home all kinds of stuff. They are, so. they are vectors. Those yes. Are the people. So, uh, I, I think just here's here's what this has been, and I think we can leave most of it at this. It's a great lesson in and a great reminder in hygiene practices in general, right? That's what this is mostly about. Uh, I have been joking for a while now. I do not think we have a mass case of dysentery in this country. <laughs> no. But if you were to look at the toilet paper stocks, <laughs> you would wonder. <laughs> it's the behavior. And, and then what people will tell me is, well, it's not bad to be prepared, to which I would say that is true. Just the fact that everybody is all of a sudden instantaneously motivated at the same time without a hurricane coming through is the shocker to me. Right. You know, we've seen neither a massive snowstorm warning nor a hurricane. So I'm going, well, what exactly is the... But guess what? If there's an earthquake or something, okay, good. So, so last week, I um, David went to pick up his daughter from daycare. And she must have bumped her head. I didn't even get the whole story on how. But she ended up getting a little blood on her uniform, on her little jumper that it was in. Right. And David says, so do you know how to get blood out of an outfit? And I said, sure. You know, being a mom and everything else, right? We figured out how to stain proof. She totally does, life. by the way. Yeah. So I know how to. And I said, oh, yeah, all I need is some uh, hydrogen peroxide. I actually had to call. I called first because I was like, I'm not going to go on a hunt just in case. Well, I, I asked you, said, will they even have it? <laughs> right. Actually, Walmart was out. We had to go to Rite Aid to get it because right. Walmart was completely out. And I was like, out of like. Are you bleaching your hair? Is there a lot of blood we need to get out of? I'm just, I mean, there's there's certain things that people are stocking up on that I'm like, okay, but there's only so many uses, I guess, for these well, things. Well, actually, this, weird. I think, makes a good connection. This is all psychology. Yes. And it's exactly what's going on, in my opinion, with the market. Nailed it. Thank you. Go. You're We're, on a roll. Run here. with it. Go. People just start panicking. And so they say, well, um, I'm worried about stuff, so I'm selling everything, regardless of what it is. 
Yep. And regardless of what the future holds, and regardless of any factual background to to their uh, to their actions, they're just acting in a blind panic. And that's what's causing the market to yo-yo all the time. So, so since there is a toilet paper shortage, should we be stocking up on a Charmin stock? No, no, <laughs> no, you should not, because now now it's a surplus. And this is exactly what happened in 2000. Everybody stocked up, and like they did a complete uh, tech uh, upgrade. In 99. Right. Because and the, so Y2K there's this massive, yeah, Y2K. And so oh, everybody, and then there's like a two year life cycle to technology. And so then there was this big gap oh. following on. And we had a big economic downturn because everybody spent all their surplus and then they just waited. So now the toilet paper stocks have already done moved, right? But really, we're talking like Procter and Gamble, those kind of stocks, right? Consumer staples. So it's pretty well already happened. Now there's going to be people that don't have to buy toilet paper for three months or three a year months, a or year. five years. Like <laughs> so. Storage shutting this thing in a full single car garage, right? Like, they, I mean, we're going to have like bounce parties wrapped in Charmin or something. Because All I'm saying <laughs> is do not anger these people. Your house is a target. <laughs> oh, <laughs> toilet. Let's go toilet paper, everybody. Yeah, that's the one thing. Your house is safe right now. Everybody's terrified to use it, right? But at some point, the, the drought will end. And look out, people. I am so glad I don't have teenagers. <laughs> what I'm glad is that people aren't doing this with chicken eggs, right? Oh. That would be where it gets bad. So anyhow, I agree, Derek. I think that this is not a market that is driven by data yet. Here's the catch. I think the data is starting to sneak in. And we are creating what I call a self-fulfilling prophecy. If everybody changes their behavior, it does create a shift in economic conditions. Those economic conditions will manifest in the data. And then we have to actually make decisions because we've moved the needle. But we don't know where we moved it to yet because everybody's too busy panicking. Well, when we talked about um, like using your logic center in your brain, right? And when you're emotionally unstable then it bypasses logic. So like you said, people are panicking and they're just kind of selling everything regardless of what it is for whatever price they can get because or, there's a panic. I guess there's another possibility. There's somebody who's saying, holy crap, everybody's about to panic. So I'm going to sell my stuff now ahead of all the panickers. They're going to try to beat the curve. I think that train's left. Well, it has now, but it, right. early on it had Early on it had not. And it's very interesting uh, like That's I said, I, I study a lot of this. The behavior, to me, now we're getting past panic and we're getting into practical, though. So there is something about practical that I think investors may want to consider. Okay. Okay. And it, so how do we know where, well, we don't know, but what are some indications about when people might start buying again? What would make that happen? Don't tell us right now. No, I will tell us after <sighs> the break. Right, so Good totally, there, Derek. I know all over it. So we we know how it's done now. That's the teaser. Now you want to know. Well, what's you gonna say? Stick around and find out when we come right back. Until then, this is David Littlejohn, I'm Katie Shook, and Derek Simmons, and you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN.
This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, that's our music. We get to be back on the show. And if you were just joining us in studio with me today. Oh, Katie Shook. Hi. Yeah, that's when I point, that's what it means. And Derek Simmons See, is the mad, rabid Jayhawk. Yeah, he's still got it, right? It's a, We've got it down to a visual cues in the studio, but I have to do reminders. A rabid Jayhawk? I am rabid. It's I true. am foaming at the mouth with my rock chalk Jayhawkedness. Exactly. So, look, if you're just joining us, don't forget the podcast available at littlejohnfs.com. We'll post it tomorrow, and you can catch all the fun that you've missed. We're talking about... Of course, the shenanigans that are the market right now. But also, this is totally appropriate. March is a crazy month. March is a crazy month. Right? It's, it, it's almost madness. Almost, oh. ma- almost oh, madness? Wow. I just can't help myself. I think it is a week from this Friday. <laughs> we will have the official St. James Day. St. James Day. All right. So, lay Explain. it on us. All right. St. James Day, of course, is the holiday that celebrates James Naismith, the inventor of basketball, and Kansas's first coach, just... You know, by the way, and it is celebrated by not working, by watching television honestly, watching all the basketball games and grilling kielbasa sausage or pizza, whatever's handy. No, there's so, a, there has been kielbasa well, in, in the tradition. Every time, kielbasa. Yeah, because when I was told about the kielbasa sausage, there is always kielbasa sausage. Yeah. This, why does this matter? Because we caught the fever some years ago, and I guess this is now our sixth is it? It's, I think this is the sixth annual St. James Day celebration at Little John Financial. And we will be honoring no productivity. <laughs> so we will be contributing to the economic <laughs> slowdown. Effective. Uh, and, and the games come in two tranches, really. They sort of start in the morning somewhere around 10 o'clock. And then there's a second wave in the afternoon, usually about two. But there's games literally going all day long. So we bring down the big screen projector, 10-foot wide screen. We bring in pizza and everything, and we more or less say, feel free to swing by and join us. Yeah. Come eat. Come join. Come talk to people. Right. And, and, they, and uh, the real trick is if you want to come by, we mostly say, maybe send us an email so we know. That way we have enough food. Because I just said it on the radio, and like 7,000 people will be like, it's already a pizza. So, David, uh, by the way, it's the only event not canceled in Roseburg right now. True. And honestly, if you get coronavirus, that's to- my attorney says that's it's on you. It's your own risk if you, if you come in. In any event. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's like, thanks for signing me up for that one. <laughs> right? He's like, I'm out of town. I don't know what you're talking about. It's probably <laughs> accurate, though. Oh, in any event. You have missed the last few. Well, there's a whole circuit that's involved there. So, But I was just going to say, this is not a lost productivity day. This is true wealth. That it is. That's the best comment of the show. Let's let's actually figure out how to like clip that one and make a radio <laughs> ad about it. It's like, no, no, you can watch the NCAA tournament. That's true wealth. <laughs> you know what? Getting to know your peers that you share something in common with common interests is true wealth moments. Those yep. are... Well, the good news is the markets close at one o'clock, so we can only be so unproductive. You know, once the, once the markets are closed, what are you going to do, really? So we'll enjoy it. I will say I shed a tear this year because unless this is truly a Cinderella story, my beloved Tar Heels will not make the tournament, which is just uncanny. I am so. Sorry, are you going to be still rocking the baby blues? 
Well, yeah, but I, I have to say <laughs> I will adopt the Oregon Ducks as okay. as a team. It's and your team. and I also am in unless they're playing the Tar Heels by virtue of association and maybe a possible threat or two. I'm also a Jayhawks fan. <laughs> Right. So, you know, I'm going to pull for them until it's an adversaries meeting. And we call that opportunist. Fortunately, this will be Kansas's 31st consecutive year in the tournament. Yeah. Don't jinx it. You've, you've had some first round doozies. So right. we do not want that. Kansas looks really good. And you know what? The, I, the last time I somehow got talked into, uh, let's call it a, a working conference, and we may or may not have been out of state, I actually... Uh, I do not do this, but I did place a monetary wager on a basketball game involving Kansas, and they may have actually paid off for me. So in a sense, I owe them now. I, I think that's probably accurate. <laughs> and I'm not oh, guaranteeing goodness. that they're going to win wow, the tournament. Wow, did you damn... You just so, like Fred Astaire right around that I one. Was, he sounded very loyal, lawyerly with all the... Uh, you know, I, I I tell my clients that I, I don't believe in gambling. Investing is not gambling to me. And it is your money. If you go and gamble, it's really kind of a fool's errand. In this case, I was fully aware and consented to it. It did make the game more interesting to watch because there was something involved. It was not a material wager that would alter my lifestyle in any way. Uh, at the time, now that the markets are way down, I'm, I'm sort of recalibrating that. But <laughs> I would say, so gambling is a form of entertainment. It, yeah. If you view it as such and you choose to gamble, because I like to gamble. I think it's fun. But I give myself a budget, and I look at it as I am paying to be entertained. Yeah, take your spending money, not your grocery money. Right. Precisely. Like I am, I am paying to be entertained, and, and when that entertainment is done, then the money is done. That's it. And you absolutely walk away when right. you, when it is time. You absolutely, there's no like, oh, I can make it back. It's like, no, I'm sorry, yeah, that was no, tough break. No making up your rent on the gambling table. So. Okay, so yes. anyway, St. James Day. St. James Day. Uh, Kansas Jayhawks, yep. number one. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Yep. But you posed some question. You posed a question right before the break. And then we I have did. it out. I did. You know, this is why. So this is, I have to credit my attorney for keeping us focused. And if you're paying by the hour, you want that, folks. So here's the deal. The markets are kind of crazy, right? So we're going to bring all this March Madness back to the madness in the markets. And I don't know if you all noticed or not, but I believe it was... February 19th, we hit an all-time high in the stock market, the S&P 500. And then here we are. It's been 14 trading days. There's been a couple of weekends in there, too. But in 14 trading days, we, we did have a pretty good bounce today, but the markets are off like 16%. That's pretty significant. That's hot, yeah. Yesterday, they were down over 18%. All right, show of hands in the studio. Who knows what a bear market is? Okay, I'm going to give you credit anyway. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bear market, legalistically <laughs> speaking, 20% pullback off of highs. When you go down, now what's a correction? Correction is 10%. Correct. That is a correction. So 10%. No, it's a 10%. See, I yes, just 10% pullback <laughs> from the all-time highs is a correction. 20% is officially a bear market. So right now we're in correction territory, but not we're well in the correction territory. territory. And if I had my druthers, and I may, given the way things are shaping up, 
we may see a bear market. Now, those of you that think that, why would you possibly wish that? I will argue the case that it is a good thing. Okay, so now, go ahead and argue it. Losing money is not good. No. Okay, paper losses hurts. are exactly that, paper losses. So do know this, strategically speaking, if you are taking income out of your investments right now, and we're not talking about dividends, but you've been selling things for income, and you can afford to stop, I would advise doing that right now if it is possible for you. I don't mean that as personal advice to get you in trouble, but this is no-brainer stuff here. When the markets are way down and you take money out, if, especially if you take the same amount you're used to taking out, it's a bigger percentage when the markets are down than and when the markets are up. You're locking in your losses. Correct. You're locking in losses. If you have cash in an investment account and you're taking from the cash, that's okay. That was part of a bucketing strategy. That was a planned distribution, and that's not going to interrupt your investment strategy. That's fine. But you don't want to have to realize losses when the market is down. It costs you more. Right. So why would I say that a bear market could be a good thing? For one, it's been 11 years since we've had one, and everybody keeps talking about when is the next one. Yeah, like, can you shut we up We just want now? to get the monkey off our back. In a right. sense, because what did you mention earlier in the show, Derek? This drop was driven not by the numbers, but by... Psychology. Psychology. So what does it do for investor psychology if we formally have a bear market occur? Everybody can relax. Yeah. Right. And then they go, oh, see, I knew it was coming. You and can then all get of their over things it. are confirmed. Right. Right. So I'm looking at this and saying, maybe it's time we just get over it. Let's have this bear market out with so that we can start doing economic analysis, not based on a superstition that we're due for a correction, but based on the numbers. That'd be nice. Right? Because we're in superstition land. And everybody that I've talked to, that, I mean, a handful of people said, I just felt like we were due for a correction and I pulled some money out of the market. To which I say, well, it's better to be lucky than good. Right? But that's what happened. If you think that you had some magical formula, Odds are you're data fitting and it's not true. You just got lucky. Because I know people five years ago that believed they the market was destined to fall at that point. You know, prior to the Trump election, everybody was convinced, oh, it's got to blow up. And then post-election, all of a sudden, people changed their tune. Confirmation bias. Danger. Yeah. Okay? We really want to make sure when we're doing analysis that we're doing it objectively. The Trump election did have a weird little hiccup. It was it, very it, short and minor. It did, but the rally that then followed was probably unjustified. But right, nevertheless, like psychologically driven, everything went up a lot for a little while. So I'm not here to rehash that. I'm just here to remind us that I think there's a psychological component to markets. I think that where we are trading right now is very fascinating because stocks are way, way, way down. Interest rates are way, way, way down, which means bond prices are way, way, way high. Which means, really, if you're trying to avoid risk, do you out go, go out and buy the highest price asset? No. No. Which you they're supposed to be the low-risk asset. Correct. That's the weirdness <laughs> of this market right now, and the psychology. It's not yet manifest in the numbers that we've experienced a recession. And it's not yet manifest in the numbers that this thing is not going to self-correct. But the behavior itself is interesting. So our original question, Derek. Which I don't remember. Yeah. Something well, about par how, particular. How far, should this, how far does this market decline? We don't know the numbers, but we know some interesting things. I know that there was a pretty aggressive correction back in the fourth quarter of 2018. We almost saw the S&P 500 fall by 20%. 
it was down like 19.2 percent it was in a quarter a correction it was thank super you. close. It I'm was unbearably a correction. 30 minutes. So <laughs> if that's the case, and then the markets rallied from there, we are getting back down to price points where we were close to the recovery point in that decline. So we're right? still up overall, but it's lower than... Well, we're back to prices from almost two years ago. But remember, 2018 finished down. Yeah, it was hard. And then hard. 2019, we started rallying on Christmas Eve, right? December 24th was the low point in the market. Then Santa came, and the next day, the markets opened and started going higher. So, or the next, you know, day that they opened, I don't remember. I think Christmas was a... No, it's close. I think it was a Thursday. So, I think it didn't open until a few days after, but you get the idea. So, the markets rally a bunch. And then, and then we start out 2019 with a big rally because we were in a big hole. Right? So we had to first get back to even. Well, we're sort of at the beginning of 2019 all over again, or a little lower, but not at the bottom of the fourth quarter of 2018 by any stretch. Why do you guys care? Well, I don't know, David. You're going to tell me why I care. My suspicion is it has something to do with taxes. Many people, many professional money managers, adjusted their portfolios during that correction because it's tax advantageous to reset things when there's pain for everybody. So is this tax loss harvesting? Tax well, loss harvesting? Or if you had positions that had gains, but now they don't have gains, it's an opportunity to readjust all over again. So what do you, can I clarify what you mean by that? Please. Or can you, or it, based Go on ahead. what I understand that you mean by you that? You betcha. So if you bought something at $100 a share, and let's say it went up to $200 a share... And now it's back down around a hundred dollars a share. And and if your portfolio is out of balance at this point, you wanted to have a different mix than what you've got right now. Right. right. You so didn't want to own it anymore. Right. So say it's back down to let's let's go to hundred and thirty dollars a share, right? So it's not at two hundred dollars a share anymore, which I was really excited about, but it's at a hundred and thirty. Well, I could sell it, or maybe it has to go below it, where I could sell it and then like reset the cost basis. Like you're resetting the the that. buy price. Or let's say you bought it for a hundred, it went up to hundred and thirty, and then it fell back down to ninety-five. You may intentionally sell it to take and then the loss. buy and buy other things and capture the loss to use it against your taxes. against your taxes. So there are some tax strategies that some money managers may start to deploy as we reach these territories. And the reason it matters is because the bigger money is institutional in nature. I think institutions are not starting to deploy all of their capital yet, but the question is, when do they? Because that's the supply and demand curve we need to track. The reason the markets continue to sell off is because there are more sellers than buyers. And we want to ask ourselves, what are the conditions that must exist to create more buyers than sellers? And they're all part of the cocktail for that decision. Right, because it's buyer confidence. Yeah. So we may have seen the bottom. I just, judging by the way governments are trying to intervene and judging by the general behavior of folks, that I don't think we've seen peak shenanigans yet. Because I can't listen to a news story right now. I mean, you guys are listening to this and rolling your eyes, too, because if you go turn on the news, you're going to hear this. It's that's all, that's all the that's the yeah. news cycle right COVID now. COVID and stock market. So it'll and and then there's a whole side thing that candidly I don't know how to make sense of yet, but the fuel thing, the oil prices yeah. thing. I mean that's just kind of. Can I that to me was like the cherry on top of the Sunday that's already too tall and gonna fall over. 
right? Yeah. Like it just. Well, it, it's the timing of it's just fascinating. And it's not necessarily in anybody's best interest to do what's going on. Neither Russia nor Saudi Arabia benefits from cratering the price of oil. Both of their economies are oil dependent. So they're just it, looking at each other going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, right. Unless they're looking at each other saying, well, it's going to hurt, but maybe we can damage the stock market, too. Which I, I don't, again, I don't know what the purpose of that is. It's it's getting conspiratorial in nature. It just seems really odd that it's happening. But bottom line is this. It's destabilizing and it creates doubt or uncertainty. And uncertainty is where the market struggles to price. And so uncertainty tends to create more downside. So what is our strategy from here? I think what we should do is take a break. Yes, and the, the music that's playing indicates we shall. So if you, what we're going to talk about, what's the strategy going forward? Uh, you may discover this is super interesting, or super not, but you have to wait until the time we come back to discuss it. So we'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And Derek Simmons. And you're listening to the super interesting True Wealth Radio Show. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Dave Littlejohn in studio with me, as always. Almost always. Katie Shook. As often. Derek Simmons. All right. And we're having. A great time, and I. if you're just joining us, man, are you missing out on the fun. So check out the podcast. It's at littlejohnfs.com. It's also where you can find really important things like our phone number and address when you're finding yourself saying, ah, what do I do in the middle of this financial chaos? And that is some of what we're going to talk about in this segment is how does one respond to the chaos that we're seeing around us? Because you were talking about a plan, right? What was the what was the? See, I have short term memory loss. I swear I forget. By the I time don't the break remember is either. Over. Attorney. I think we were talking about the Jayhawks. No, yes. no. <laughs> Derek. It seems they're no. gonna they're gonna have a high seat, and I expect them to do well. Okay. <laughs> okay. Glad it, we had this Jayhawks talk. Are the Jayhawks your shiny object? The Jayhawks are Derek's shiny object. It's like a squirrel. Shiny. Yes, they're pretty damn shiny. Ugh. And. Yeah, and I rabid, think he's obviously. got a. He, the difference between Derek and me, though, I will actually not wear the t shirt from the championship game. I like put it in a display case and say, look at when that happened. Derek's like, heck no, I, I'm going to wear this thing out. Plus, I've got, like, diem. I've got like 35 of them. Final <laughs> that, <laughs> that makes more sense, too. So, are we just going to like quilt them all together and make a whole wall of like, Jayhawk shirts? 
it'll be a I'm surprised there's you know that would be that should be your bedspread is just a, a bedspread of t-shirts <laughs> woven together into all from the Jayhawks but that would displace my actual national championship bedspread Oh. You, you don't have one of those, Dave? Oh, wow. Oh. Huh. I, you know, just I, Heather, are you listening? Because <laughs> I think we have our, wait, Marie, our next inspiration piece. This. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. We, we, we are going to have to have a bring of the wives into the studio today because oh, there needs out. to be some uh, no, dirt no. that needs to be cleaned up this and is, swept out from underneath that rug. <laughs> we, we need plausible deniability, <laughs> which is why we don't record this. Oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> All right, so the plan. What should you do as an okay. investor? So here is probably the single most important thing every person listening and every investor in the known universe could do right now. <gasps> Nothing? Go check your sofa for spare change. Kate, nobody even carries change anymore. Okay, it's going to be a short trip. <laughs> no. Because so, the last time I checked my sofa, okay. I had three dried Fruit Loops and a lot of dog hair. There, but there was no change. What's the street value of that, I wonder? I, not a lot. What flavor of Fruit Loops? Never <laughs> mind. Oh, Never mind. Oh, so, they, here's the thing. <laughs> Anybody that tells you that they know the future is either a time traveler or a liar. Could and, be both. And it's possible they're both, but unprobable based on physics as we understand it. So here's the thing. I, as a professional, all I can give you is solid indications as to what I expect to occur based on the data and the situation as I understand it. That does not declare it to be true, no matter how confident I am when I tell you. And that's how all of this stuff works, is that there are so many players, there, there are so many inf infinite variables that even when somebody tries to say, no, no, this is a conspiracy theory, there's this cabal of people that are kingmakers making this decision, uh. to which I say, if that were true, don't you think there would have been like, uh, this is a buddy of mine that used to say this, we, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick on the country, not the people, but don't you think like a communist regime in China would have filled a room full of genius computer engineers and spent thousands and thousands of hours trying to crack the code so that they could hijack and take over the market yes and yet have they no not to my knowledge right and if they did why would they harm themselves in this process unless it's a really really long game yeah so that just seems way too complicated it does, that's what i mean it doesn't actually make sense when you use occam's razor right this idea that let's split away the things to get to the most simple explanation of what would happen which is the equation is way too complex, and human psychology makes bad decisions. It's unpredictable. So there's a component of this that we haven't actually discussed yet. AI. How is artificial intelligence trading into this panic? Because we've mentioned how computers trade, too, and a lot of times things are set around parameters, right? Like if the price reaches, you know, advisors can set limits right like if the price reaches a hundred dollars a share then sell well and it's interesting that they self-reinforce so you you have uh actual people actual day traders why not who are re responding to the psychology and they sell and then that triggers the computers to sell because now it's lower right and then it reinforces itself yeah in a sense although in truth it kind of happens the opposite the computers oftentimes trigger people. The computers but we are. We haven't talked about computers. The yeah, they're they're the clever, market. but the computers are what stopped this market from unraveling worse. 
Okay, the computers have stopped in both directions. When markets get out of control and go too aggressively one way or the other, they will actually slow or stop things from moving one way or the other. Okay, so they'll they'll put in curbs in order to to stop things. So it's part of it, but I want to get back to the first question, which is, you know, what do you do? And since we can't predict the future, what you do is you stick to home base. We can, I mean, if you want to talk about AI, I'll talk with you guys about it. If, 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 I mean, do we think our listeners care about how we got here? Well, let's let's come back to the. I'm going to my sofa, and I'm yeah. extra change. Yeah, the reason is because I have fruit if you're an investor, the trick is to buy things on sale. I don't know if this is the bottom of the market. What I know is that the market is well off of its highs now after only two weeks of trading. So if the market's well off of its highs, then that tells me that we're certainly able to buy it at a better price than it used to be. Right. Okay. The question is, is it the lowest point that it will be? That I do not know. But I would suggest that if you are inclined to be an investor, a strategy that's available to you is first, figure out how much additional capital you have. For many of you, you may be looking to contribute to retirement plans prior to tax deadline in April. Yeah. Now my You be a don't good time have to, to wait until April. In. Yeah. You don't have to invest the money just because you get it into the account. You can get your account funded, leave it in cash holding its value until you see the opportune time to purchase if you think the price will go lower. If you're not certain, you don't have to buy everything all at the same time. Right. You can stage into the market in segments. You can do a little now and a little tomorrow and a little the next day or you know, every Monday for a month or whatever it will be. It's called averaging your price or dollar cost averaging into the market. It is a way to spread your risk over time to help reduce your exposure to single day market risk. Which we know yesterday was the single day worst day of the market of the year on a percentage basis. And today it recovered. And like then today four and recovered. <laughs> today got back a little more than half of yesterday's loss. I will also tell you, since when you were listening, again, not advice, but let me tell you my concern. When markets go down big, because they open and futures are going down and they get locked up and they, they literally froze the futures market so you couldn't trade it. People that can short stock did, meaning they sold it before they owned it and they're expecting the price to drop. At some point, they have to buy it back. And that creates demand when they do. It's called covering a short position. How long do you have to cover a short? As long as you care to own it or until the stock goes up so much that they require more money be put into the account to cover the deficit. Because if you're wrong and the market, you sell a stock you don't own and this price goes up, you now have risk exposure, right? Because you have to pay more to buy it back than you collected when you sold it before you owned it. Right. So you're losing money if the stock goes up. So at some point, if the stock goes down, you cover your short position. When you do, that creates new demand and that triggers a price lift because it changes the supply demand imbalance. Right. Right. So I'm not so convinced that there's not more downside given the structural elements of the market, but I am telling you right now, live on the air, I don't know. I'm just telling you that I think there's a mechanical indication that this could happen. And if I'm running the probabilities, I go, eh, it looks like the probability is higher that it will decline than it is that will go up in the very short term. But don't take his advice. Don't take it as law. Don't take it as gospel. Just take it as that weird guy on the radio talking about 
something about supply and demand in the stock market. Okay, you guys get it. It's the rules. I can't give you the advice. You have to, you know, so if you choose to act on it, it's on you. That's how that goes. Anyway, we got to take our last break. When we come back, okay, you want to know how artificial intelligence is wagging the dog on this thing? We'll cover that, Katie. I know it's on your mind. That and more when we come back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And in artificial intelligence. Thank you, Attorney Derek Simmons. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the home stretch of the True Wealth Show, where we are providing, at the very least, useless financial trivia, but possibly much higher quality than that. Which means if you haven't caught up on the show so far, podcast, how do they find us? At littlejohnfs.com. Okay, how do they find you, Derek? Actually, we have a sparkly new website at wlrlaw.com fancy it's sparkly okay so check that one out we've now given out multiple web addresses also uh, for those of you that have been wondering what's going on in the world of finance i might suggest you join our newsletter list we've been trying to communicate fairly regularly folks and so you can go to sign up for our mailing list we're not going to spam you it's not like an auto dump of sales junk it's actually stuff that we think is either useful information or uh, relevant things that are going on. And it's not super frequent. It's it's kind of based on the needs. So we're sending out more right now because the markets are crazy. Normally, it's fairly uh, you know, well, random written, and sporadic. It's written by David, but I would say it's a gut check against your emotions kind of letter, right? Like sometimes you're going, oh, no, I think all these things, and you kind of get panicky. And I think it's a good way to be more grounded in some of the facts and the, what's going on in the market from an advisor's perspective and kind of what you're looking at versus what the public's looking right. at. And so far, the feedback that I've gotten over the last couple ones that you've released is, you know, people saying things like, thank you for that perspective or the, you know, introspective of what's kind of going on in the market and we didn't see it that way. And so, you know, it just helps to kind of look at different views when you're evaluating what you're right. doing. Right. And it's free. So there is that. Okay. <laughs> so look, uh, speaking of clinical, which is why we how we try to write that letter, give folks a little bit more of a, a professional perspective on things. But I told us at the break, we're going to talk a little bit about artificial intelligence and how that is, what it's doing within the marketplace. 
So, uh, so how is the computer the trigger first? Well, see, I still think that I think that there is a a one, two, three on this, and I think one is the humans reacting emotionally, and then two is the computers. Responding some computers, to the human emotion. some computers jumping in as as the market falls, and saying, "Hey, we've hit our sell spot," and then the computers a third time saying, "Well, now that's that's too far." Now I'm going to curve it out. I think it's a three-step deal. But I think it's the humans first because the computers would have nothing to react to if the humans weren't being wacky. <laughs> so you're both right, and it's part of an equation, and there's more to it. Much more to of it. Of course there is. So what folks don't realize is there's lots. Well, they probably do, but uh, it, maybe it's not been pointed out. There are lots of types of trading algorithms. One of the first isn't necessarily triggered by human behavior, it's triggered by human interaction. They now have algorithms that will scour social media for key terms, and they will follow specific people looking for key terms. So if you get a presidential tweet that says something and it has a key word in it, that algorithm may change a buy or sell program on a specific index or basket of stocks or individual position or so a, a exchange traded fund but what but that's sort of the cascade is you get you know federal chair you know the federal reserve chair Jerome Powell comes out and says some we're thinking about an interest rate cut but we don't know yet Okay, what he said was, we're thinking about it, but we don't know yet. But the machine will see interest, interest rate, rate cut, cut and, and then readjust accordingly. Well, or it will go look at something else, and it will take three or four pieces of data based on that and then make an instantaneous decision, which creates a cascade of events. So this is the algorithm anticipating the human stupidity. Correct. So these are <laughs> algorithms. So these are trying to be wow. proactive. And then there's reactive algorithms, too. And it gets more complicated than that. One of the things that happens is machines have the ability to look at an order book. The order book is how many people that are buying or selling at what price. So if people are pre-populating and saying, I have a whole list from I'm willing to pay $10 down to $9 and this many shares at this price point, it will actually calculate the depth and price of the book, the number of orders that are currently existing, and if given the opportunity, it will come in with a large order and buy entire blocks of the book entirely to drive the price in a direction so that it can then turn around on the other side and look at the balance of people that are willing to sell on the opposite side or buy on the opposite side of the trade and dump it to them and make an instant point shave in between. That's what high-frequency trades do is it's looking at the depth and the market spread and the depth and size of the order book and making decisions about how quickly to trigger an instant order. And it's looking at the flow of orders in and trying to get ahead of them. Well, and didn't you say, I thought off air right before we started about the um, market highs, like the, the biggest, high, uh, what am I trying to say? In the, the down biggest, market? The biggest updates appear, uh, the show down up market. in down markets. There we go. Thank you. And and that's typically what happens when markets get into a lemming situation. Everybody's running off a cliff. You get these big down days. And then the shorts in the market, the people that sold the stock before they owned them, at some point have to cover those positions and you get really big rallies so too. So would today be one of those really big rallies? Maybe. 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 Now, up I mean, 4% when it was down 9 yesterday. Sounds like a little bit of a rally to me. Yeah. It, and it could be that we've had some politicians and leaders that have come out and said, we're going to do these things, or we, we need to do these things. It doesn't mean they know what it's going to be yet. 
There was a discussion of maybe we'll do some payroll tax relief or something like that to be stimulative in nature. Since we don't know what it is, markets are guessing. Now, again, they're on sale. And if I had my druthers, I would squeeze this out and, I, I, you know, give me one more 4 or 5% down day and let's just officially get this bear market out of the system. But I'm not in charge of these things. I'm just suggesting that I think from a psychology standpoint, everybody would actually be more relieved to have a bear market occur on this kind of data than they would be to have it just be close and not, not quite there. there. And then we still wonder, when does it really happen? true i know well look that's the music we're out of time for today so uh if you need more of the goods then you call us how do they reach us 541-375-0898 and if you need all that legal stuff that's super awesome like estate planning and so forth how do they reach you that is 673-5528 all right gang well thanks for tuning in until next time this has been david littlejohn and katie shuck and Derek simmons and you've been listening to true wealth the preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.